0: Hey Jesse, this is Nikki. Um,
1: I just wanted to deeply and sincerely apologise for not boosting your fragile little ego while addressing both of you on Facebook. I am
2: so,
0: so, so sorry, but who
3: can actually blame me, because I never listened to A Doubt it With Dolomore.
4: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, scepticism and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. All right. Welcome and thank you for joining us. This 211th episode of I Doubt It with Dolomore. I am your host. As always, unfortunately for you, Jesse dollamore and sitting across from me, the lovely and talented and scholarly yet judgmental Brittany Page.
0: No, no. You could have said sunburned, though. That would be true. I could have. A little bit burned. Not Crispy. only,
4: not only is Brittany Page joining me, as she always does, I have to my right the handsome... And debonair, that's a word I've probably never spoken out loud, Brian Flanagan from Liar City.
5: I get two adjectives, nothing more. <laughs> that's it. All right. That's,
4: <laughs> that's all you get. If you're looking for more than that, you've come to the wrong fucking place, brother.
5: This is why I've always preferred Britney.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think that is a sentiment that we hear uh, a lot. Love
3: the show, Britney, the best part.
4: On Bye. the program. So... You are here. I am. I can only assume because America is a rich tapestry filled with beautiful, unique characters that you have some kind of travel story for us. Because you, after
5: all, did travel from Florida. I did. I did. <laughs> it was It was a mostly uneventful trip. Uh, very delayed. Oh, very, yeah. Very delayed. But, What's the um,
4: deal with that? Now, and I don't mean to sound very Seinfeld-esque with what's the deal with being delayed? But every every flight I take gets super delayed. I don't know why. We don't, we don't seem to have a lot of issues related to delays that we've faced, but...
0: I've only had one delayed flight in my whole life.
4: It seems like when you travel coast to coast, not you specifically, Brian, right. but every time we've traveled coast to coast, there's been some bullshit that's gone on that's been a problem. So, maybe it's just that airline that rhymes with Shm American. <laughs> so uh any any unique interesting stories for us?
5: um yeah, I had a um i had i had an interesting aisle mate mm. I, I was i was lucky i'm 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 chubby, so I, I get very nervous <laughs> that there's gonna be a middle person. And I changed my seat at the last minute. There was no middle person. It was amazing. Score. Yeah, but I, uh, I had a, a sort of youngish, bookish seatmate over by the, uh... the window. <laughs> yes, over by the window. And um, once we took off, she started watching that Amy Winehouse documentary. I think it's just called Amy. Yeah. It's HBO, right? No, it was it was it was in theaters. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was Sundance and all that kind of stuff. Her father was real against it. And, yeah, yeah.
0: I think it won an Oscar.
5: It was definitely nominated for something, huh. either a, a Golden Globe or an Oscar or something. Yeah, it yeah. won something. Yeah. So she's getting into the... Yeah, and I had just watched that a few weeks ago, so I was kind of waiting for the moment. Like, I know where the heartbreak beats are in that, <laughs> so I kept glancing over at her watching it, and she didn't really seem like she was having an emotional thing with it all that much. But once we um once we began to to land once we were at our destination getting to LAX the the movie ended and and she she put it down and she started doing her makeup like Amy Winehouse <laughs> she was she was a, like a mousy sort of librarian lady and then i i don't know if she was watching the movie for fashion tips but she did the that weird smoky <laughs> eye with yeah, the Xs that's distinctive makeup yeah very distinctive <laughs> And by the time by the time we got to the gate, she was she was tarted up just like Amy Winehouse.
4: Well that's you're flying into LA. Yeah.
5: Maybe she's
0: Did she also style her hair like Amy Winehouse or was it just the makeup? No, it was just the makeup. I okay. I feel
5: like that's intensive. That takes some time. Yeah. The insane fucking rat's nest.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, it's Is it's... there a is there a market for that? Is she is she doing I don't well impersonation on the street? Like is she is she like Elmo? There
4: was just a documentary, so apparently there's there's Amy Winehouse Buzz. Maybe maybe she's going to an audition.
5: It's Los Angeles, after all. It's like Amy Winehouse on Ice. Kind of <laughs> thing. Right.
4: The Disney production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh that's good. Yeah. And welcome. Thank you. We uh, we're we're gonna enjoy having you for the, the next uh, few days in the palatial <laughs> yet understated, I doubt it with Dollamore, world headquarters you have a very lovely headquarters (laughs) so before we get into the meat of this awesome yet another award-winning episode
5: and it is meaty
4: what uh (laughs) between the two of us there's quite a bit of meat right maybe that'll not make the show yeah that's that's cut
0: the face i was making i
4: so um are you interested to talk about why you're here
5: I can I can talk a little bit about why I'm here um, as as you know and, and Brittany knows uh, liar City huge podcast.
0: Yes, <laughs> a lot uh, of meat there yeah, too yeah <laughs> lot a lot
5: of meat on that bone. Uh, we are moving up and up in the world, and uh, some TV producers are interested in maybe having me sell out and turn it into a television program. There is nothing wrong with selling out. It's it's buying in. They call it buying in. Well, it's well, not
0: selling out if it's going to result in a TV program.
4: Th- there's often times. Yes. Thank you, Brittany, for mm-hmm. the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's often times. I think it's haters who are who use the phrase selling out. I know lots of people who uh, I listened to that band before they were known. But once they got popular, now they're sellouts. That's I find that to be well, pretentious is one,
5: but it's complete bullshit. It is and I am so goddamn guilty of that like a oh, lot yeah, like a really? lot of times. You're that guy? Like probably twice this week. <laughs>
4: well, there's there's something to be said for honesty. And maybe now you'll you'll Hope have some
5: money to be said for honesty.
4: Well, people don't make television programs for free, Brian. I know. Typically it's not charity work. So good luck. Thank you. We uh we look forward to well And if everything crumbles around you, you still have that meaty, meaty bone, (laughs) Liar City podcast. And your couch. And and (laughs) my couch is always open to you as well. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Before we move on, I would like to get to listener voicemail in reaction to the the Craigslist story that we talked about last time, and uh, Marvin from Long Beach, who is becoming a regular communicator with the show and I gotta say I like it.
6: Good morning Jesse and Brittany this is Marvin from, uh, from Long Beach. A nice sunny morning. Uh, I just got a notification of uh, your podcast available for download and when I saw the title I knew I had to call in. It's concerning the, uh, the Craigslist stuff. A couple years ago I used to use, you know, extra money and and buy broke phones off of uh, Craigslist and then I you know sit sit home fix them up however I can, put <clears throat> replace the glass or replace the the uh display or whatever the case. Uh most of that was just me interested in working on stuff and I you know find what I needed to do on on YouTube videos. So then I'd go to try to sell them back, try to make a little bit of the money back, but I'm I'm I wasn't trying to 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 rip nobody off but i get i get in contact with people or people will contact me asking about the phone and just like you said the first thing they say is that the lowest you can go um like, yeah that's the lowest i can go um well i saw so and so price um in another city and i'm and i reply well you need to get that deal <laughs> why do people think it's okay to call a person Who's selling something on Craigslist and then throw in their face? Well, I saw another deal someplace else. Go well, take that other deal <laughs> and stop messing with me. It's so stupid. I think that, that some people all, all all Craigslist is is a way for to facilitate a sale minus a store. But if you really wanted that thing, go to the store. If you really wanted it, and if somebody else had another deal, go to them. Don't bother me. If I see that I priced it out of range or whatnot, then I'll find out when I'm holding on to my phone four months from now when nobody has bought it.
0: See, this is what I love about our listeners. They get riled up and passionate about things. And who knew it would be Craigslist?
4: Marvin is a man after my very own heart, because <laughs> that is exactly how I feel with these assholes that we're dealing with constantly on, on uh, I almost said Facebook. There too, though. A lot of assholes on Facebook, but on Craigslist, don't just don't ask me what my lowest price is. You're disrespecting the process, like I said last time. So it's that you want to be finessed. It's that you want to be
5: manipulated.
4: No, it's not manipulated. Negotiation is a is a process. When when you when I let's say I'm listing I'm I'm selling something for two hundred dollars, and then your response to me is not, will you take one fifty? You ask me, "What's your lowest price?" Well, that—that's not what a when the negotiation is. Right. So it's—it almost, like I said, it's—and it's irrational of me. But I almost want to like, ah, no, you don't get to buy it because you're not—you're <laughs> not doing this right.
5: <laughs> I feel like I would pay full retail for anything that guy's selling. Just his <laughs> voice. <laughs> smooth yeah 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 very smooth
0: well and he actually left a longer voicemail but it got cut off so he sent us the rest of what he was gonna say and he told us this horror story about his wife buying a or selling her phone on Craigslist and it was kind of similar to what I had talked about where the people buying her phone didn't get out of the car oh that's
4: a bad sign
0: and so they conducted the transaction while they were still sitting in the car and they gave her $350 in cash all Fifty dollar bills, and they ended up all being counterfeit bills.
4: Oh, yeah! Wow. Yeah. Well, one buyer beware, or I guess in this case, seller beware. Craigslist is—it's going to bring out the the worst. Don't you know somebody? This is completely bizarre. But don't you know somebody right now who was going to buy a bulldog puppy? Yes. Who it they started getting everything was a little too odd or fishy and they looked into it and it's a scam. They were going to have, you know, $3,000 or whatever taken from them in a, in a scam on Craigslist.
0: Yeah. Cause there's apparently a lot of dog scams, particularly bulldogs. Cause they're the best. And, <laughs> um, they, they say, Oh, we have this puppy, but we just moved. So we're going to have to ship it to you. And you know, we live across the country now. So if you could pay us first and then we'll ship you the dog. Mm, no.
4: Yeah, wow. Scam. Well, beware. All right, well, thank you, Marvin, very much. We appreciate you communicating with the show. If you, too, would like to leave us a voicemail about any topic we discussed today or any other episode, you can call 657-464-7609. Or, of course, you can always email us a voice memo from your smartphone to it at dollamore.com. All right, well, as a part of follow-up, We have been talking about the last several episodes, I would maybe even several hundred episodes, about the bigotry and insanity that is coming out of the southern United States over the course of, well, maybe forever. Uh, It is really rearing its ugly head right now. And in Tennessee, there has been religious liberty laws. They just tried to pass a resolution that the governor vetoed to make the Holy Bible the official book of the state of Tennessee. Well, something else just occurred in the state on a college campus, and it is raising eyebrows. On Monday, six nooses in the six colors of the rainbow
5: were found hanging from a tree near the Fine Arts Building on Austin Pay State University's campus in Clarksville, Tennessee. In
7: an apparent reference to the Jim Crow-era lynchings
5: of African Americans, the rainbow colors have some fearing that the display might be a
8: threat on LGBTQ students. After receiving a number of complaints, police
7: removed the nooses, and University President Elisa White has issued a statement on the issue. Her statement read, "...this incident is deeply disturbing and is hurtful to our university community." She added, "...regardless of the intent, the display has no place on our
8: campus. I am saddened and I am sorry for the hurt and offense this has caused and want our
4: students, faculty, and staff to know that it will not be tolerated. The university is investigating the incident. All of this sounds like well-intended behavior to remove the the nooses. However, what I take issue with is the phrase, regardless of the intent, it needs to be removed. And we don't know. They don't know yet exactly what's going on. So it's just remove it no matter what. And The the reason I I hesitate to pass judgment is because, one, I saw the picture, the photo of it, and it was Rainbow Nooses in the correct order, red, orange, yellow, green. I mean, it seemed a little too advanced cognitively for some redneck who just hates the queers.
5: Yeah, it looked to me like it was a sophomore's idea of an edgy art project. Yeah,
4: right. Yeah. And if it is a statement, whether it be satirical or otherwise, but in the course of art or really a political statement, then what they're doing is abridging their free speech.
5: Regardless of intent is a ridiculous thing to say.
4: Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I, did you see the photo, Brittany?
0: Uh, I didn't, but I get what you're saying in terms of it's a little... It appears to be uh, highbrow, and so you just think that this isn't a basic yeah, person I mean- that, that that could do this. Some some normal bigot, right? Is that what you're you're thinking of? Yeah, it's not.
4: Hey, boys, get in the nooses. Make sure you paint them orange and yellow and green and blue. We're gonna put them in order of the queer flag. Oh. <laughs> You know, that just, that doesn't seem to me to be a, too much. It, it, it
5: definitely wasn't done under the cover of darkness.
4: <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. It's not the same. In a real
5: hurry with. The,
4: the yeah. same guys who burn across don't seem to me to be going out there and.
0: Putting a lot of thought into what what messaging they're using. They
4: got
5: the shades exactly right. too. Like it's
4: very. Yeah, the yeah. order
0: and everything.
4: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that they may, might be a little hypersensitive. And obviously it is a topic that. Sensitivity is in order, but the regardless of intent, it it did bother me. All right. Well, in the past, uh, I believe it is as early as episode 105, we have talked about the possibility of the U.S. Treasury Department changing the $20 bill, taking off Andrew Jackson, and putting on a woman with historical prowess... And it looks like that is going to get done.
0: Harriet Tubman.
4: Harriet Tubman.
0: Yes. The Treasury Department is going to be announcing this. They say Wednesday afternoon, which is today and should have already happened. So maybe we missed that announcement.
5: (laughs) (laughs) It's up on CNN.
0: Yes, yeah, so it was announced that Harriet Tubman is going to be on the 20. And we talked about this several episodes ago, but it was about the 10. And they were going to take Hamilton off the 10. But there's always been this movement, women on the 20. And now apparently they're going with that. But in talking about this, it requires a little bit of Jesse doing some tooting, tooting of his own horn. <laughs> Because when we (laughs) talked about this, maybe a hundred episodes ago,
4: a hundred, a hundred six episodes ago.
0: What was your pick?
4: Let's let's uh, let's break out the time machine and play the clip.
0: So another one is Harriet Tubman, who, of course, was born a slave and fled north to freedom, later making 19 trips back to the south, is an underground railroad conductor leading some 300 slaves to freedom.
4: I think that would be an awesome choice. I also think that having some reminder that we, the, the scourge of slavery and human trafficking, um, is a problem that we had to deal with. I think keeping that in the forefront and not just, oh, let's, let's not talk about it, you know, like they do in Germany with, with uh, the Holocaust and no one can, there's, there's a real sensitivity to that kind of stuff. And I, I don't want it to go away. Obviously, it will never, but, I would like it to be at the forefront that we are imperfect and we we have had to overcome obstacles and the mistakes of our past and having uh, Harriet Tubman on uh, the 20 would be awesome.
0: So there you go. A little tootin. But you did make a good point <laughs> because. I, wait, wait, wait.
4: What? Say th- Say that one more time for the annals for the. For history's sake, posterity's sake.
0: You made a good point because wow. Harriet Tubman, who helped free thousands of slaves, is replacing the slave owner, Andrew Jackson, yeah. on the 20.
4: Yeah. Also the man who despised paper money, which is you know, kind of a slap in the face to him to be on the on the cash. So here is where I would I would play the fancy British lady. Or the fancy British gentleman reading our little pre-packaged advertisement for Patreon.com. But why do that, audience? I'm asking rhetorically. Why would I do that when I have a professional broadcaster to my right? No, not you, Brittany.
0: Oh. oh. To
4: my right, I have a professional, successful broadcaster. Yes. In Brian <laughs> from Liar City. Brian, how would you feel if I was to put you on the spot and ask you to 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 extemporaneously come up with a riveting just just the kind of commercial that's gonna have people flocking to patreon.com. For me, not for you. Not for your podcast,
5: but for mine. Oh, for yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I All right. Think I can... So just start right now. Yeah, do your thing. All right. <coughs> Wow,
4: this is going to be real good.
5: (laughs) Hey, pals. Are you tired of your conversations moving backward, up, down, sideways? Would you prefer to move the conversation forward from time to time? Well, my friends at I Doubt It With Dollamore are doing just that. And if you like what you hear on I Doubt It With Dollamore... Why don't you head on over to patreon.com forward slash I doubt it with and give them some damn money because there's nothing in their fridge and their clothes are all stained. <laughs> Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash I doubt it with I,
4: that might be the greatest ad read in the history of ad reads.
0: Can we get a <laughs> refund from those British people? <laughs> We don't need them.
4: Listen, if you want a job done right, (laughs) you have an American do it. Uh, All of our European listeners are switching off their radios
5: as we speak. I have an alternate. Oh, An alternate. How do you like your podcasts? Do you like them long or do you like them short? Well, if you like them long, you can't do anything.
4: We are just going down a fucking racist (laughs) rabbit hole right now. All right. <laughs> As always, we love you guys. We appreciate you very much. Uh, th- the money that you give does make a difference and is appreciated so, so much. All right. Moving on. Dollimocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. All right. Yesterday was Tuesday. And it was the New York primary for both the Democrats and the Republicans. And proving that there is something wrong with New York voters, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton won handily.
0: Yes, Donald Trump won with 60% of the vote. He got 89 delegates. And John Kasich came in second. Yeah. He got four delegates. And Ted Cruz got no delegates. Mm. Only got 14%.
4: Well, he made the non-forward-thinking New York values problem, you know, comments throughout the debates and the initial part of the campaign. I think he made those comments really holding on to the idea that he was going to be doing a lot better because of the Southern vote, having his own built-in Southern strategy, and that did not work out.
0: You know what, though? Donald Trump did not win the area in which he lives, Manhattan.
4: Yeah, that's right. John Kasich.
0: John Kasich won. Yeah. With 45% of the vote in Manhattan. Pretty
4: handily. Yeah. So how about um, the Democrats?
0: Hillary Clinton got 58% of the vote and 139 delegates total.
4: Yeah, the Democrats throughout this entire process have a lot more delegates at stake per like the winning number for the democrats is like 2686 or something it's, it's something insane and the for the the, the republicans it's it's uh, 1237
0: Although Bernie didn't win the state, he got forty-two percent of the vote, which ended up being one hundred and six delegates. So right now, the delegate total for each of them, of course, minus the super delegates because we do not include those on the show. Hillary Clinton is at one thousand four hundred and twenty-eight, and Bernie Sanders is at one thousand one hundred and fifty-one.
4: So the margin is widening, but still, um, there is still a modicum. Of a chance for Bernie to make something happen with the next races coming up. Uh,
5: if, if he were to pick up fifty-eight percent, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going forward,
4: I mean, there's still a chance that moving into the convention, they could have some kind of a deal. Listen, the chances are so slim that anything's going to happen relative to Bernie getting the nomination. Um, but she, she could, and I don't know how open to this idea he would be. She could be forced into a position where. She needs to name him as the VP, which early on I didn't think was even going to be a possibility. But you think
5: you think that could happen?
4: I still think it could because there are his I almost said fans. His voter base is so passionate for him that there is a lot of of talk out there, murmurs from the crowd Uh that they're not going to vote for Hillary if he doesn't get the nomination. They'll go somewhere else or just not vote altogether, which is problematic for Hillary Clinton, especially if Ted Cruz is elected, not so much Donald Trump, because she beats Donald Trump every time, every day, in every single matchup, every poll that puts them together.
5: If they're on the same ticket, that's pretty sellout. I think for a lot of Bernie supporters, I think they would jump ship anyway.
4: I don't know. I think they're gonna follow their guy. I, I don't know, I just get that vibe, but I've obviously I've been wrong before, Brian, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the the day, the evening, the primary did not go off without a hitch. Apparently, there was a lot of problems relative to dropping voters from the rolls. and it was uh, it was a big deal and reported on the entire day. There's not much time left for voters to cast their ballots in New York, only about half an hour. Right now, we're following a controversy, though, involving more than 100,000 Democrats who were purged from voter lists. The New York mayor, Bill de Blasio, calling for an investigation. Let's go to CNN's Bryn Gingrass. She's over at a polling place in Brooklyn. Uh, what are you learning,
6: Bryn?
9: Well, Wolf, what the Board of Elections is saying, this is a maintenance purge. It did it over a six-month period, and that's how it gathered the 126,000 voters that you're talking about, a majority of them, 70,000 Democratic voters. They basically were part of that pur- purge because they didn't vote in past two federal elections, and then they didn't return the cancellation notice that was sent to them. 44,000 of those voters, well, their mail bounced back to the Board of Elections, and that's how they landed up on that purge list. What's happening today is people are coming here to polling places like the one you're seeing behind me, and they're trying to vote, and they're not on the list, and they're instead being handed an affidavit ballot. You can imagine how furious this is making some Democratic voters, especially here in Brooklyn. So you know what? They took it right to the federal court, and they tried to immediately restore their right to vote, filing a temporary restriction. Restraining order and late this afternoon, a federal judge denied that request. Well, also furious, as you mentioned, Wolf, the New York City mayor, Bill de Blasio, he says he's going to investigate, and the Board of Elections says it will cooperate with that investigation.
4: This is what shocks me about all of this. This is the Democratic Party. This is a city run by Democrats. Mm -hmm. This is a stronghold of the Democrats. Yes. This is the same party that freaks out when you talk about having people show ID to prove who they are before they cast their vote. Mm-hmm. They think that is a, a, a solution from the devil. Mm-hmm. And they're purging 100,000 voters from lists because ah, they haven't voted in a while. Let's just take them off the rolls. Yeah. Is anybody else not making the connection that this this party that acts like voting is so sacred and and, and to be protected at all costs? And even having someone show an ID to make sure it's really them who's voting, that is crazy talk. Is the same party that's disenfranchising 100,000 people, that's half the population of Boise, Idaho.
0: Well, I'm curious about what the explanation is here because they didn't vote for two years. Well, why don't you just go buy another external hard drive to save the names on? Like, why are you deleting (laughs) over 100,000 names? I don't understand. I don't understand the rationale behind it.
4: Well, I think the rationale that they're giving after the fact is bullshit. But also, what's this federal judge who's denying the request? Like, nope, Sorry. Your request to move through the courts is just summarily rejected and it has no merit. It just, it smacks of, I don't want to say conspiracy because I don't believe it's a conspiracy, but goddamn, when you have conspiracy minded Bernie Sanders supporters, wouldn't you want to avoid this kind of thing?
0: Well, you'd think.
4: Apparently not.
0: And there were about 291,000 votes that separated Hillary and Bernie in New York. Yeah. Just, just to throw that well, out there.
4: Well, Bernie Sanders was on the street and was approached by someone who was having issues yesterday. And this is how the conversation happened.
5: Right now, I'm trying to do everything I can to get my vote casted for him. I could sign a court order and an affidavit and whatever Thank I need you. to do. I'm going to do that. But it
10: shouldn't be this hard. No, it to be. Today, three million people in the state of New York who are independent mm-hmm. Have lost their right to vote in the Democratic or Republican primary. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. You're paying for this election. It's administered by the state. You have a right
3: to vote. I, and that's a very, that's a very unfortunate thing, which I hope will change yeah. in the future. Thank, Thank you so, so much, much for Bernie.
11: your support.
4: Now, what Bernie's talking about there isn't this particular thing where voters got purged from the rolls. He's talking about the fact that New York has a, a closed primary system for both the Republicans and the Democrats, which means that if you're a registered independent or a registered no-party affiliation, like myself and like Brittany Page, you do not get to vote in the Democratic or the Republican primary. I've said on the show before, I understand the logic behind it, because choosing a candidate— is a party process. And why would you want people who are not a part of your political party to have a say in who you pick as a party to run and represent your party? I totally get it. But, like in the case of California, that's the system they've chosen, the Republicans. If they get Donald Trump and it's not something they wanted... They get what they deserve because they've they've boxed out millions of people who might have otherwise made a better choice.
0: Well, and you know, there's been all that controversy about Ivanka Trump and Eric Trump not having the ability to vote for their father in New York right. because they didn't register as Republicans in, in enough time. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to have registered in October if you wanted to vote, and they did not do that. But what's interesting there is... How long has Donald Trump been running for president?
4: Right. Since uh, July or August.
0: So wouldn't you have...
4: There were several months there where they should have gotten their shit together. Right? And, right. Even at the behest of the of the campaign. Right. Looking ahead saying, hey, this might be an issue. We, let's make sure everybody in the family is registered because our optics are <laughs> forward looking.
0: Even though it is a bummer that New York is like that.
4: It really is. Yeah, and I, like I said, I don't want to hear the emails. I understand the process to a degree. I, ag- I agree with it to a degree, Brian. Right. I agree to a degree. I agree, <laughs> um, but it's still it's it's still shitty that so many people are being left out of the process. All right. We have talked before about you see how I wave my a lot of hand movements and gestures yeah, when I very talk. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have talked in the past about how Hillary Clinton well look I'm not going to parse words here she panders she panders Ooh. to the blacks she panders getting hostile to, in here. to the Jewish vote she's a panderer <laughs> she panders to the anti-gun lobby to the, the anti-gun activists she panders well apparently she did an interview with a a a a morning radio show that gears itself Toward the African American segment of our population. Do you see how how I'm dancing around not wanting to say something offensive? Like it's just it's a black radio show. <laughs> just what?
5: call it hot ninety seven.
4: Call <laughs> it whatever. I think it's power one oh five point one, the the breakfast club or something. It's that Charlemagne, the god guy oh, yeah. who also took on oh, yeah. uh Tommy Laren. Yeah. Uh he was she was his donkey of the day. Yes. Well, they scored an interview with the former secretary of state in which this conversation took place and she
11: did what she does best panders now if you become president are you really going to tell the truth about ufos i am big <laughs> big, big I a, a big extraterrestrial are you
3: are you a big huge i saw flying saucer when i was in the third he actually boy. got um in south, carolina? in south
6: carolina he got inducted
3: and know, he has by some God. marks on his shins from them okay. I,
6: I think i've been abducted a few times but <laughs> are you going to tell the truth about aliens? Thanks, Thanks. We're not going to the White House now. Thanks.
2: No, no. She I, promised me. I this. did. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, these are two separate issues. You definitely are coming. Um, yeah, I, I have said I want to open the files as much as we can. I mean, if there's some huge national security thing and I can't get agreement to open them, I won't. But I do want to open them because I'm interested. Do you believe? I don't know. I want to see what the information shows, yeah. right? But there are enough stories out there that I don't think... Everybody is just sitting, you know, in their kitchen making them up. I think that people see things. What they see, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we've got to try to, you know, give people information. I, I believe in that. What
3: about ghosts? You believe in ghosts?
5: All right, Ghost.
3: I believe in Jesus spirits. Christ. Next is Sarah. I'm Claus. just you wondering
4: Santa, it, what about... <laughs> All right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, well, we'll pause the clip there because Brian is getting ready to lose his mind with laughter. <laughs> um, Hillary Clinton just said she believes in spirits. Mm-hmm. Not ghosts, Brittany. That would be crazy. <laughs> but she believes in spirits.
0: Can she explain the difference between those two? I mean, I'd be curious. I would like to take this conversation a bit further. Well,
4: ghosts believing, that is nutty. But spirits is real. Uh-huh. It is quantifiable.
5: It's not something you just make up in your kitchen.
4: No, of course not. It's, that's the real deal, spirits.
5: It's not even what she says. It's the... it's the slight hint of (laughs) uh, she's almost saying, say Jack, I believe everything. you It's very, so condescending.
4: We've played clips on the previous two episodes where she has spoken to the national action network, which is the organization run by Al Sharpton. And she, not this, this campaign, but her previous campaign in 2008, where she is, Oh, when we got to roll back the carpets and we going to look on and Why do we got to be cleaning up all the? T- <laughs> it is insane. She throws on not just a southern accent, but kind of that affectation. Yeah. And it's.
5: That's I real. Mean, it's that's pat- real gross. Patently offensive. Yeah.
4: The conversation continues and it doesn't get better. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't rule them. You don't? I do. I absolutely do. Well, I hope so. I do. I mean, my goodness. I have four kids. I absolutely do. Well, then you know you have to. <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: we appreciate you joining us. I, 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 want, I, they
3: just, no more questions? They said, no, she has to go. She what's what's to something go. that you always carry with you? Hot sauce. Oh, for crying. Really? You, yeah. Yeah.
2: Really? Yeah. Are you getting information right now?
3: Hot sauce. <laughs> Hot sauce
2: wow. in my bag, Swag? Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Really? Now listen, yes. I
11: just want you to know, people are going to see this and say, "Okay, she's pandering the black people."
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> is it working? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Are you okay. not- no, <laughs> seriously, hot sauce. So- I've been, I've been eating a lot of hot sauce. A lot of. Uh, Raw peppers and hot sauce. That's why you're
11: coughing. You right. might need to slow down. On I the need.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a rebellion against it uh, because I think it keeps my immune system strong. Oh. I really do. I think hot sauce is good for you in moderation. Let's not go. I over just part. like it. Well, my grandmother like used it.
7: to say, "Go in
4: hot, go out hot." So just be careful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, I'm gonna tell you how you really get the hood, though, Paul. Uh, you gotta be fucking kidding me, right? <laughs>
1: in my base Swag. 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 Swag.
4: Ooh, yeah, baby that might be Hillary Clinton right there
1: <laughs> Ooh, yeah
5: baby she was she was a hop skip and a jump away from saying chicken waffles and weed but oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's that's for me God God boy howdy and do I enjoy and hot sauce and marijuana
4: why is she not being called out on this
5: she was I I, I applaud them well for that I I, I, I thought that I thought they were they were placating her and I thought they wouldn't at they least, wouldn't use the p word. At and they least did. they
4: mentioned it. I yeah. was
0: horrified when she said, "Is it working?"
5: Yeah.
4: And then, well, I think she—that is uncomfortable. I think even yeah. in her mind, she realized, "Oh shit!" And then she's like, "No, seriously though, there are lots of great health benefits." To blah blah blah.
5: blah. <laughs> if she had said it more like, "Is it working, baby?" Would that have been better for you?
0: <laughs> no. No, it would not. So the Clinton campaign has specified which type of hot sauce she carries everywhere. Wait,
5: wait, what?
0: Hot sauce. Got hot
1: sauce in my bag. Swag.
5: (laughs) I just want to get her a tissue every (laughs) time.
0: (laughs) Okay, so um, would you like to guess which type of hot sauce sauce she is is carrying Um, with her at all times?
4: I don't know. When I was in the Marine Corps, because I got turned on to eating hot sauce with chicken and stuff, because I served with a lot of black guys, like Texas Pete's was a big one. I really started liking Tabasco in that time of my life. I I did get turned on to hot sauces, but uh, I don't know. Texas Pete's, maybe Crystal.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Ninja Squirrel, a sriracha from the in-house brand of Whole Foods Market. (laughs)
5: I don't think that's the kind. That is the whitest hot sauce I have ever heard of. Got hot
1: sauce in my bag. Swag.
5: Swag. God damn. And that's counting the guy from the Offspring. He has a hot sauce. <laughs> and it's actually not bad. Really? It's the Gringo oh. the Gringo Bandido, I think. Oh, is called. that that? Really, yeah, really. Yeah, you know it's not who bad. Else has
4: a hot sauce? Oh. Uh the Sword. Really? Yeah, they've got some crazy. They're from Austin. Yeah. yeah. They've got a hot sauce that uh, they manufacture too. Huh. All right. That's a lot of uh,
1: hot sauce in my Hot sauce
4: talk here on I Doubt It With Dollamore.
0: Apparently, though, in two thousand eight she told Sixty Minutes that she regularly ate chilies to stay healthy and that this has been something in her life for a while. So
4: maybe she's just it's fortunate that it's coming up while she's on a black radio show. Yeah. All right.
0: I mean, I'm just trying to give all the facts,
1: okay? <laughs> yeah.
4: All right. Well, m- moving on one more time, though, just for good measure. I
1: got hot sauce in my bag. Swag.
4: Morning Joe, former Congressman Joe Scarborough, uh, has a television program on MSNBC. It is an eclectic mix of of panel members. It, listen, it's a shit show. It's a clusterfuck, I think, is the... The most gracious way to put the show. But he had Peter King on, a congressman from Florida, a high-ranking, well-respected, moderate Republican congressman on, to talk about, and you'll see just what a shit show this program is, but to talk about Ted Cruz and his feelings about
11: his candidacy.
3: This heart, like a cuddly feeling. About
11: so let, why don't we bring in, just announced this morning. Yeah. Right, yeah. right? Right? Right. Nassau Counties. Yes. Chairman for Ted Cruz for president.
3: Yes.
7: Or good for him. Incredible.
11: Yeah, Republican just, Congressman I, Peter I, King I of just, New York. I, he loves him. Congressman,
5: congratulations mm-hmm. on your new chairman
4: position. <laughs> um, here's a, here's actually a quote from Congressman King about Ted Cruz. Any New Yorker who even thinks of voting for Ted Cruz should have their head examined. Okay, well, this is a little turnabout. So Wait what, what happens tonight on the Republican side? How big does Donald Trump win? About,
7: by the way? Well, uh, first of all, in case anybody gets confused, I am not endorsing Ted Cruz. Oh. I hate Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think I'll take cyanide if he ever got the nomination. Now, having said that. Wow. Uh...
4: He said, I hate Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. This is a sitting member of Congress who maybe this guy should be running for office because he is telling it like he hears, like he thinks it.
5: It sounded as if he said it with a mouth full of hot sauce too. <laughs> <laughs> Got
1: hot sauce in my bag, it's what Peter right. King,
5: you're gonna get letters.
4: Who knew? Well, I would. I, I invite the letters <laughs> or the voicemails six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. If you would like to send an email, I doubt it at dolamore
7: Uh, I think uh, you're going to see Donald Trump scoring a big victory tonight. I've not endorsed Donald Trump. In fact, I actually voted by... Absentee ballot for John Kasich. i have been endorsing John, but I voted for him to really send a message. But I think uh, Trump is going to win big. I know in Long Island, you go through every part of Long Island I've been to. People come up to you, they're talking about Donald Trump. Uh, Joe, to go back to what you said about Wisconsin, I did notice after Wisconsin for a day or so, people were you know wondering uh, what had happened to Donald Trump. Then he held this massive rally on Long Island in Bethpage, Beth Page, right about yeah, 10 minutes from my house, and that really uh, even psychologically turned it around again. Wait, Wait, hold on a second. Are you, you're 10 minutes from Beth Page? Yeah. Can you get me on the golf course Are you without going to play waiting golf? in
4: line? See, this is where the show starts being a shit show. Where they Joe, talk about getting him time, on and Beth Page and getting a tea them. time. God damn.
2: I
7: public a course, course, which is so it it is. It is. Can Can important. Can I ask him a quick Joe, question, Joe, though, Joe, Congressman? No, 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 this is important for Joe. Joe, sure, you got to wear shoes on the golf course. Yeah.
6: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> nice.
7: <laughs> this is a man who famously told the
11: Washington Post we don't need, when I first came to Congress, we don't need people like Scarborough who came out of their Revivals, barefooted, coming up here, telling us how to run Washington. First of all, nobody you know knows, knows you are wearing topsiders. There's uh, no doubt
3: you're wearing. Okay, siders. Chuck, hey, Congressman. Very helpful. quickly, yeah. Yeah. I just heard
11: sure. you say what I'm hearing. All of these Republican uh, elected officials say these days. Well, I didn't. I, I'm not
4: endorsing John Kasich. I'm not endorsing Ted Cruz. Right. I'm not endorsing Donald mm-hmm. Trump. But I am voting. Can't you? You know what is the fear? What is your fear? Why won't you endorse John Kasich? Why won't you? I know. I know how you feel about Ted Cruz. How yeah. is it that you're voting for somebody, that but you're having to make the distinction? Whoa! whoa, whoa I'm not endorsing. Yeah. We're- Why?
7: Okay. Uh, first of all, it's, it's not a fear. I had endorsed Marco Rubio, and he uh, lost, and I. Uh, you know- stop that. Now, with, with John Kasich, if I thought that John Kasich had a viable chance, I'd come out and endorse him. But I, I want to keep my powder dry, because this may go to the convention. So you're voting for and somebody
5: who you think doesn't have a snowball's chance. That's what are no, not think endorsing he, I, I think, him? No,
7: no, no. no I, I think he's a real possibility. But I also, the likelihood is Donald Trump is going to get the nomination. I want Donald Trump to know that if he wants the support of Republicans, he's got to get more substance. He's got to really learn what he's talking okay. about. and can't mm-hmm. just be talking off, off the top of his head and making reckless charges. So really what I'm saying is that it, also so it's a good suggestion that maybe John Kasich would be a good choice for vice president. Uh, so it's uh, to and endorse someone means that you think right now they have a realistic Got chance it. of so, winning. That I makes sense. so Peter. I, that's I want to put
4: The reason we're talking about this and the reason we're playing this clip is the fact that it really demonstrates what chaos that the Republican Party is in right now. The condition of the party of Lincoln is chaos i mean there's no other so many different people are refusing to endorse but openly talking about who they're voting for isn't voting kind of an endorsement
0: yes you would think so
4: (laughs) and it also shows that your two front runners in the republican party right now in the race for the presidency are completely untenable messes to the rest of the establishment Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, both wholly unliked by members who are rational thinkers in the party. Mm -hmm. It's a mess. All right. Well, before we end dollar democracy, let's talk a little bit more about Donald Trump. He has, up to this point, talked about how he is a self-funder. Is the words he uses.
0: Right. And he actually goes further because during one town hall event, he was asked about this. They said, well, you know, listen, you have a donate section on your page. And he said, yeah, I don't know if I have that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, you do have it.
4: Right. He got called straight out. You, you do have the button that says donate. In it's very fact, prominent. it is
0: prominent because on the top of his page, all of the buttons are in red, except for donate is in navy blue. Right. And then you click on it. And it's very specific about how much money you can donate.
4: Oh, yeah. They're they're asking for it. Well, our favorite on none other than Fox News, Shepard Smith did a little reporting about this very topic.
11: Donald Trump says he does not want your money. He's self-funding. He does it all himself. It's part of his pitch, right? Even though his campaign website has a button that's right there, it's big, very noticeable, that lets you, well, send him money the self-funder. Seems a lot of people are sending the self-funny funder money. The Associated Press has a new report on those donors. They included a Democrat, a dermatologist in Ritzy Beverly Hills, even the co-founder of Arizona Ice Tea. And according to the reporting of the Associated Press, some of these people are giving the max allowed under the law, which right now is 2700 bucks. Julie Baikowitz wrote the article. She's a national I should say a national political reporter for the AP. Who are these people?
3: Well it's a real eclectic mix of people and when I first started reporting the story I thought I'd find a lot of folks who know Trump personally you know because he's not out there holding you know traditional dinner fundraisers and things like that so I thought probably the people who are giving him money are the closest to him Um, but really it wasn't like that it's it's people who just really feel strongly that he they want him in the White House they love his personality and in many cases they just went to his website to check it out and there they found the donate button and thought well that's a pretty good idea
11: not everybody's a republican
3: not everyone on the list was a Republican, and I focused on just the two hundred people who have given the maximum amount allowed by law, as you said two thousand seven hundred
11: any recurring themes on those two hundred
3: lots of uh, people in the real estate industry um, again that's that sort of led me to believe that these are people who might know him, um, but really it's a lot of self starters lots of entrepreneurs, lots of CEOs and executives, um, people who just kind of have blazed their own trails and I can't help but think that's part of why they like him.
11: And, and you talked to a few of them. Anything, I did. Anything stick out?
3: Well, a lot of people were just very excited to talk to their friends and family and associates about him. Uh, there wasn't any sort of hesitation. And again, these are very passionate people because they're giving the maximum amount allowed by law. And they're not shy about telling people that they're supportive of Trump and they try to sort of win others over to the cause. And they were telling me they have a lot of success with that. You know, when they start talking to their friends, they find there are some points of agreement there.
11: And is the outsider theme the biggest part, or is it about the wall? What what is the biggest thing?
3: There were some issues that stuck out to people. The wall was a big one. Um, Also free trade, how he talks about trade and making America sort of uh, more of a winner on trade resonates with people. But more than anything, it's his force of personality. Mm. They just really believe that the country needs a huge shakeup, and he's the one to do it. So we just kept circling back to that. You know, People would literally say to me, he wants to make America great again, which is his slogan, and it seems to be sticking really well with people.
11: Yeah, the the branding seems to be working across so many polls, not just this, but in so many places we've seen. The fact remains, though, if he becomes the nominee, he'll have millions and millions and millions of dollars he won't be self-funding necessarily when he becomes a, if he becomes a Republican nominee, right?
3: Well, it's still very murky what exactly he'll do. I mean, he said that he wants to help the Republican Party raise money if he's the nominee. So that's one way that his campaign benefits without him directly having to raise money for his own campaign. Um, because, of course, he can partner with the Republican Party if he's the nominee. Uh, but I think that he would probably have pretty good grassroots appeal. He could probably raise a lot of money in small dollar amounts, just like Bernie Sanders does, just because he does resonate with so many different types of people, groups of people. So I would look to see him doing something more on the small dollar front if he does become the nominee as well.
11: Wouldn't surprise me. There's certainly a lot of enthusiasm exactly. out there. Julie Bykowitz from Associated Press, the article probably in your news feed if you're so subscribed. Good to see you. Thanks. What they don't say
4: there, which I think is very important, and it's getting missed across all media outlets, is the fact that he may be self-funding right now, but the way that it works is that he's loaning himself the money. He's loaning himself, he's loaning his campaign from his own coffers, his own bank account, the money, at which point, if he does get the nomination... All that money will be paid back to the campaign via general election fund when he does start fundraising. So it is it is a little bit disingenuous for him to say that he is self-funding his campaign because it is a loan that he's making to himself.
0: Well, uh, yes. And the fact that the.
4: <laughs> I was poised for a fight.
0: <laughs> no, no. But he has the donate page. I mean, he's getting money from people that's going to go somewhere.
4: He's raised millions of dollars, almost $10 million he's raised.
0: Yeah, so he can't make this claim. I mean, if he didn't have that donate button and he wasn't getting money and he really hadn't received any money, then he could make that claim. I
4: think he's categorized the money he's raised via the website as
5: peanuts. Right. It doesn't seem significant. Is that a significant amount of money?
4: 10 million dollars? Yeah. Um not probably in the grand scheme of things, but I think it's disrespectful to those who have given 20 the, the maximum personal contribution allowed by the Federal Election Commission. I think it's 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 kind of shitty to tell them, "Ah, that's peanuts. Well then fuck you. You don't need my peanuts."
5: I can't imagine many of those people are are the kind who are who would be struggling to come up with that $2,700. But
4: how about the ladies that Trump has directly disparaged by saying, oh, yeah, well, that's, you know, they want to give their little piece because they want to feel like they're a part. He said it in a super shitty way. It's just disrespect. Well, it's par for the course for Donald Trump. All right. Off of politics and on to this story, I don't know if you've seen this, another story out of the South, a high school in Louisiana where a young man was yanked out of class and disciplined for not standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Raymond Smith is a junior at Acadiana High School who says when it comes to standing up for the Pledge of
8: Allegiance, he stands out. Well, I have a lot of reasons for not standing. One of those uh, is a religious reason Smith says he doesn't believe in God, and because of personal and political beliefs, he doesn't believe in taking part in the pledge. That is, until he was questioned by a teacher. And he told me that I was going to have to stand in his class or I would be taken to the office. Smith went to the office thinking that school administrators would understand where he was coming from. But the administration was completely unwilling to hear me out until I took action on my own. According to current school board policy, Even if a student objects to the Pledge of Allegiance, that student would still be required to stand up. Smith reached out to the American Humanist Association, a nonprofit formed in 1941, two years before a Supreme Court ruling allowing students to opt out of the pledge. The association, in turn, wrote a letter to the school board describing in detail how current policy violates federal law.
11: Uh, And after looking at the letter, we take the concerns seriously, and so we're going to address those concerns. And we're going to make sure that that every child, every faculty member, every staff member's rights are being respected and their beliefs are being uh, tolerated.
8: But it's what the flag is supposed to stand for that gives it any kind of value whatsoever. So to deny me the very values that the flag is supposed to stand for is a much greater disrespect than me not standing for the Pledge of Allegiance.
0: So this happened over a series of several days. So on the first day, he didn't stand and the teacher said that he was being fucking disrespectful, quote unquote. And sounds like a nice guy. So he (laughs) he felt pressure because his teacher was cussing at him in front of everyone to stand. So the next day he decided that he was going to try it again. So he he tried to remain seated, and the teacher took him out in the hall and lectured him about soldiers dying. And uh, the the student said, "I have a religious conflict here," and the teacher was dismissive, saying, "Yeah, there's no religious conflict." Um, so glad that he knows what's going on. And then a third day, he, he tried to sit down again and was told that he should move to a different country.
4: Listen, I, I, there, I think there's several things at play here. One, that this kid is probably a little neck beardy.
5: 100%. Yeah.
4: He's, but this is the time when high when you're in high school, this is the time where you start stretching your legs and understanding what your rights are as a fucking American. And if you don't want to stand for the pledge because you hate the country, whatever, that is your right to do so. I served in, I don't know if anybody knows, but I served in the United States Marine Corps.
0: Jesse was a Marine, everybody.
4: <laughs> really? <laughs> and, no shit? And, you is know, that well, true? Let me tell you. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> And it might be one of those tropes that gets dragged out during these times. But the reason we have men and women dying, presumably, is to uphold our way of life. And part of our way of life is if you don't want to stand for the pledge and you don't want to... Listen, here's the other thing. Goddamn. It is called the Pledge of Allegiance. You are pledging your allegiance to a piece of cloth with stripes and, and stars on it. If you don't choose to do that for whatever reason, you have the fundamental right to not do that. And at that time when you are a high school kid, that's when you're starting to stretch those muscles. And yeah. For sure, like I said, he's a neckbeard and he's being a little a little dick about it.
5: Every kid in high school I knew who did that, and there were a few who who did that shit. Every one of them was just an asshole, just right. an unpleasant human being.
4: But who's the bigger asshole here? The teacher who is in the position of authority
5: and who should be I, doing the, the right the, thing. The teacher for turning it into a, right. a story in the first place.
4: If for nothing else to really give the kid a civics lesson. Right. Yeah. You don't want to do that? Right on. Do your thing. Just sit there quietly while we act like great Americans. Right.
0: I think you guys are kind of being turds about Raymond Smith because Did, did you
4: hear? You need to watch the video. He's for sure a smarmy little douche.
0: Oh, well I must have missed something.
5: <laughs> is it is it confirmed that he that the teacher swore at him? Is that or is that just That's his account? That's being reported. Being reported or is that his account? The teenagers account?
4: I could see the te- Listen. If the teacher threw him out why, why would it be uh, incongruent for the teacher to also curse and be a cop? Just,
5: that's just such a fireable offense that it's suicide for a I, teacher to I swear to a kid. I think
4: kicking the kid out is a fireable offense. Really? I, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, not only that, he went to the office and they they lied to him and said no matter what, he needs to stand up for the pledge. It's, just, it's
4: bad all the way around. But, but listen, it, the adults in the story have an obligation to do the right thing. Listen... It's not like it's the first high school kid who had an attitude problem, maybe, that they had to deal with ever. You need to do the right thing in the face of of even the neckbeards. Right. It's like a cop who says, yeah, well, I deal with assholes all day. Yeah, that's your fucking job to deal with the assholes. You need to act right in the face of the assholes.
0: And maybe I'm defending him because in high school, I did stand for the pledge, but I didn't say under God. So that was my own little protest when I was in high school that I would stand, but I did not say under God.
5: And they, they- if you were if you were a high school student now, would you would you just sit and pout and and cross your arms, and or would you do the same thing you did and not make a spectacle of yourself? Well, if
0: I was a high it? school student now at, yeah. at my age that I am now, no, no, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, have a lot in, of information and experience <laughs> at this point. No,
5: yeah, I mean, to know in, that I shouldn't act like a turd, you know, emboldened. Uh, as as kids are, yeah. In twenty sixteen, was your little protest? Would it would it be enough now, or would you need to make a spectacle of yourself?
0: I don't know. Yeah, you're you're probably making a good point. No,
4: listen. If, if now, if I don't know the last time I was ever in a position to say the Pledge of Allegiance, I would say the Pledge of Allegiance. I say it every Allegiance. morning. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I would say the Pledge of Allegiance. Did you
5: not get that? You're supposed to do that every morning
4: <laughs> without the God part.
5: I would omit the God part. I would just do it like how I would also sing along to for he's a go- jolly good fellow. Oh, right. When the guy's really a prick. Because <laughs> <laughs> just get it over with and get on with your day. Right, right, right. Well, Eat the he, cake and go home. Here's the other part of this. And it was the
4: principal. What the principal said that it stuck with me is that we want to make sure that his views are being tolerated was the word he used. Yikes. Not respected. We're going to tolerate his views Mm -hmm. like you tolerate a bee that's flying around you. (laughs) Like his views aren't something to be tolerated, sir. Yeah. You need to make room for his views. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of America. This isn't fucking Cuba where you don't get the Internet. I get it, but you should just be fucking learning math.
5: (laughs) Great. Well, then don't do the pledge. Maybe that's maybe that's a conversation to have.
4: But you can't do that in Louisiana because I don't know if you know, Brian.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
4: Louisiana. Also, this kid is a person of color, as the as the hippies are saying now.
5: Does that mean he's a black kid? Or he's a somehow, black kid.
4: Okay. Yeah. And
0: uh, you guys are there not may be a racial bias, element language. here, too. What's that? I said you guys are not using bias for language, but I want to say because Brian is, he said this would be a fireable offense. You've apparently had amazing teachers throughout your life because I have had some, intense teachers some
5: who, real who dicks would swear right? and yell and... oh
0: yeah I had a teacher once throw a desk across the room I, I had I've heard
5: that story out of a bunch of people I've never witnessed it and I've never believed it
0: no it I has believe I and mean, he was enraged it was kind of scary um, but I've had teachers cuss I had a teacher show a Charles Manson movie where there was orgies happening in class God I damn. mean there's all kinds of stuff that listen, happened to me in school
4: hey, <laughs> Listen, since we're going down this road i had a junior high teacher the same science teacher who told us in class with his own stupid mouth that he wouldn't teach evolution to us because if evolution were true there wouldn't be any monkeys walking around anymore yeah same guy he would walk around and yank on the back where the hair meets the back of your neck right at the nape of your neck the rat tail yeah, right, I guess that. Yeah, if we didn't have rat tails at the time, but right I'm where I'm a the, little suspect, right <laughs> where the rat tail would come out, yeah. he would yank on on that part of your hair if you were acting up in class. What the hell? Yeah, so I for sure had teachers. I don't want to drop his name.
0: You were straight up being abused by your teachers. Oh
4: yeah, there were some dicks. That
5: is, that is horrifying. Even
4: cognitively you. abused, that he's refusing <laughs> to teach evolution because of the stupid Christian monkey argument.
5: The worst I ever got was a teacher saying I'm I'm disappointed in you. That's the very worst. Wow. Well, you if that sensitive
4: shit worked on you, I that's awesome.
5: I, I, I don't know. I, I throw a chair. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's see if it improves my performance today.
4: See, all the th- chair throwing has been edited out, Brian. Uh-huh. They're not gonna know that I'm a draconian maniac who just throws things willy nilly. <laughs> all right. Before we go. I want to talk about yet another program that had a guest. This time, it's not former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. It is famed atheist actor, comedian, Stephen Fry. There is a movement afoot amongst many in the atheist communities that has brought to to light and fame a term called regressives. Much of what they talk about, I agree with. They, they battle against safe spaces in college and trigger warnings on classic literature, famous Greek plays.
0: Well, When they use that term, they're referring to regressive leftists. They're that's talking right. about so, liberals. So the, the
5: anti-regressive left.
4: Yes, that's right. Well, Dave Rubin has a podcast and internet show called The Rubin Report, and he recently had Stephen Fry on, and they were talking about this exact thing. Safe spaces and trigger warnings. And I think Stephen Fry went a little overboard, much like like Richard Dawkins has with his use of terms like mild pedophilia and some of his comments about rape. I don't know if it's a British thing or what, but they just take their insensitivity
10: to an all new low in terms of the way they think, they can't bear compl- com- complexity. The idea that things aren't easy to understand, that there's a hmm, but there's a ah. You have to think. There are gradations. And there are, you know, that No-one wants that. They want to be told or they want to be able to decide and say, this is good, this is bad. I'm saying so. Anything that in any way conflicts with that is uh, not to be born. Yeah. And on student campuses, this idea of... Um,
7: Oh, yeah. Trigger warnings! There are 50. many
10: great plays in which contain rapes. And the word rape now is even considered a rape. It, yeah. To say the word rape <laughs> is to rape. Yeah. Well, it's, it's an, it has an interesting Latin root, and the word raptor comes from the same root, rapine, and there are all kinds of words from it. Violate, you know, the, these words. They're terrible things, and they have to be thought about clearly. But if you say you can't watch, you can't watch this play, you, you know, you, you can't watch Titus Andronicus. Uh, um, or you can't read it in a Shakespeare class. Or you can't read Macbeth because it's got children being, being, being killed in it. Um, and, and you might trigger something when you were young that upset you once because uncle touched you in the nasty place. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a great shame. And we're all very sorry that uncle touched you in that nasty place. But uh, you get some of my sympathy. But your self pity gets none of my sympathy because self pity is the ugliest emotion in humanity. Get rid of it, because no one's going to like you if you feel sorry for yourself. The irony is we'll feel sorry for you if you stop feeling sorry for yourself. Just grow up. Insensitive, no?
5: yikes yeah so <laughs> yikes it, is right
0: i mean that's extremely aggressive and we've talked about trigger warnings a lot on the show and we both are not fans of them right but at the same time you need to have compassion for people who have experienced trauma well let's state and for the record
4: what we think about we have come to the conclusion i think it's something both Brittany and i agree on pretty fervently That if you need a trigger warning, that means you're not healed. There's a lot of work psychologically through therapy that you need to maybe tackle. Maybe I'm being a little aggressive about it.
0: It reminds me of something that Anderson Cooper said as he's kind of making the rounds, doing these interviews with his mom, Gloria Vanderbilt, talking about how his brother committed suicide and how he lost his father. And the quote was, there's no such thing as clo- closure. It's just a silly word. Yeah, right. And I think that it's similar for trauma in that. When you've experienced trauma, when you've experienced abuse, you carry that with you and it's always going to be a part of you. And yes, you can heal from it. You can go on to live a healthy, full life, but it becomes a part of you and you carry it with you. It's part of
4: the fabric of who you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. The other thing, though, that really got to me was self-pity is the ugliest human emotion, and if you have pity for yourself, no one will like you, is what he said. No one will like you. Oh, oh shit, no one's gonna like me? That's what I'm fucking working for in my life, is everybody to like me.
0: Well, and he's also brushing over things, and I thought that was quite telling in the language that he used. He said, you know, I'm sorry that they touched you. In your
5: nasty place. very dismissive language. I'm,
0: I'm sorry, but people have been raped, People have been tied up and beaten. There are terrible things that happen to people. It isn't, oh, you got, oh, I'm sorry, you got touched. No, people have terrible things that happen. Right. That is the reality for many people. And to just brush it off, like, oh, I'm sorry that happened. It's to shitty. Grow up. It's
4: for sure shitty. And here here's the, the deal. I don't believe that the two things need to be conflated. You don't have to dismiss someone's life altering tragic trauma just because people are talking about trigger tr- trigger warnings the two don't have to be go together
5: now it's intellectually dishonest
4: absolutely we can say yeah trigger warnings you know they're unnecessary and they're a cry from this group of people who are trying to create a this antiseptic um, atmosphere on college campuses but in the course of that you don't have to dismiss someone's tragedy and their trauma.
0: Right. And I mean, it, it, it is a complicated issue. And, and I was a victim of childhood abuse when I, when I was young. And I have spent a lot of time in therapy dealing with that. And I am still reminded of it in movies, right, articles, there's things that bring back memories, but I'm okay with that. You know, I'm I'm at a place in my life where it's okay. And people get to that place, but when you hear someone like Stephen Fry saying, get grow up Don't feel sorry for yourself. I mean, No one's going to
4: like you. This
0: isn't a helpful way to communicate with people. And it certainly isn't going to change the minds of people that are, you know, encouraging trigger warnings. You're not going to speak to their hearts.
4: Absolutely. You're not
0: going to convince them. Well,
4: I I don't know. Sorry, Brian. I, I don't know what is with this element, if you will, of the atheist community that these are the characters we want representing us as a group. Because... Stephen Fry doesn't represent my views. Richard Dawkins doesn't represent my views. Th- they shouldn't be the spokesman out there because they're the reason atheists are stigmatized and thought to be assholes and heartless
5: pricks. Need a new spokesman. <laughs> yes. Who could that be? Who could that be, Brian? <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right. I think we're going to end the episode. Just like that. Thank you, Brian, for being here. I'm, I'm assuming you're going to have all kinds of new things to plug next time you're on the show. We will see. We will see. But for now... For, I got plenty of stuff to plug yeah, right now. What, what yeah, why don't you talk about your show?
5: I'm sure all of your listeners have already switched over <laughs> to Liar City after hearing the dulcet tones of my voice. That's right. But uh, Liar City is a podcast. Sort of like this one, except we uh, we discuss and dissect the most infamous lies and liars throughout history. And you can check it out on iTunes. Just search for Liar City, or uh, Twitter at Liar City Podcast, or on Facebook, search for Liar City. And uh, I don't just
4: vote for your podcast, Brian. I endorse your podcast. I. It you. is. Uh, it's real,
5: real good.
0: I endorse it too. <laughs>
5: like a fine hot sauce on some chicken and waffles.
1: I got hot sauce in my bag. Swag. Swag.
4: All right. Well go check out Liar City and give them some love as well. We appreciate you coming on, Brian. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you, audience, for joining us. We appreciate you listening as often as you do, whether it be twice a week or whenever you can. If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week or whenever you can, you can go to dollarmore.com and on the left-hand side of the page, there's a link there that says support the show. You click on that very super special link. It will give you all kinds of ways, whether it be Amazon or Patreon or PayPal or just going and reviewing and rating the show on iTunes. That helps us too. We appreciate you. We love you. And until next time, for Brian and Brittany, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this is Ben.
1: I Doubt It. That hot sauce in my bag. Swag. Swag.